Hello, I'm Mark Weaver, president of Mark Weaver & Associates Interior Design. I'd like to invite you to our Instagram Live series called Designers at Home. It's every other Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. It's a casual, informative, and exclusive discussion with renowned architects, interior designers, and artists from around the world. This half-hour podcast program is a recording of the live talk addressing all things design and architecture related, along with personal anecdotes and inspiration. Guests have included Emmy-nominated set decorator Peter Gursky, one of America's leading sculptors, Sabin Howard, renowned architect and artist Leo Marmel, and art advisor extraordinaire Barbara Guggenheim. We look forward to you joining us. Thank you. I'm here with my dear friend and extraordinarily talented architect, Wade Weissman. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Well, good. It's, it's, uh, we're, we happen to both be in Santa Barbara today. So we're in, a, we're in a very beautiful place, although it feels like we're in the desert. It's so warm. It does. It's like summertime. Yeah. So um, I thought it would be fun today just to chat a little bit. Uh, we talk frequently and we're working together on uh, two or three projects. And I thought it might just be fun to have a chat and, and visit today. I am totally up for it. So how are you surviving this um, sort of unusual time that we're going through? Boy, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a challenge. Um, I think there's been a number of challenges that I think have sort of all added up to being, you know, this, this sort of interesting uh, piece of time that we're kind of traveling through right now. Um, you know, I think in the beginning was just the whole idea of staying at home. And then I think the, the, the sort of piece that wrote along with it is how do we get everybody in our office to work from home? Uh, and then from there it was how do we continue to engage with our clients from being at home? And so uh, it's, 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 been, um, uh, it's been getting used to a lot of, uh, a lot of on, on sort of the phone uh, kind of meetings with Zoom calls and FaceTime and other things. So uh, uh, each one of those challenges, though, has really been met with an extraordinary acceptance. And everybody feels like we're in this together. And you, I think the biggest challenge is, is, is you know, keeping your, your uh, inspiration alive, so to speak, with a more limited... Um, uh, sort of day-to-day experience? Well, I've found that I've been busier um, in the last month than I have been when I'm at the office normally because I'm doing a lot of uh, video chats such as this with clients, with you working, um, with friends, uh, vendors of ours. And it, it it's a little more lengthy a process. It's taking a little more time and a lot more effort, but I think it's, it's something I'm getting used to because as a person who's not a real tech person, this is kind of a new experience for me. So the other thing is, since I've had this time, I've been resourcing um, new vendors, new materials and things that I normally don't have time to do. So I've, I've been able to find a lot of resources, both um, nationally and internationally, that are are going to end up being um, beneficial for us. So, and I like Isn't that. that I, 
Normally, I just am too busy to even bother with it. By the time the end of the day comes, I don't want to get on the computer again and start researching <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. I, uh, uh, I think what's fun, too, is being able to work together. Uh, you know, I'm learning some of your resources, and hopefully I'm able to share some of mine with you. Uh, and I think that that's been really the cross-pollinating that sort of takes place. And in, instead of just kind of leaving it, you know, um, in, in somebody else's responsibility pool, you do have that ability to go in and do a little research yourself so that you can understand how you can interface best. Um, when someone comes highly recognized, you know, that's always kind of an advantage. You know, it kind of makes you take notice. You, you and I probably both get tons of sales people reaching out to us all the time, cold calls, emails, mm -hmm. all, all kinds of things. Um, and after a while, you become a little numb to it. You may not be looking as hard. And now with us getting a chance to work together and you sharing some of your resources with me, it's been great because it's helping to keep my entire team inspired as well. Yeah. So, um, Wade, you have, um, you have an office in Santa Barbara and you have an office in Milwaukee and another office, what, in Philadelphia? Pittsburgh, yes. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So um, this video conferencing is great for you guys, too. This is it's really great in many ways. Uh, you know, we used to do everything by phone call. And now we're getting used to when we communicate with clients, you know, we're on these Zoom calls where you can actually draw up your resources. And so what is happening is now we're using it in the office more widespread, which is great because then we can kind of sit and, you know, walk through drawings together and look at the sheets together, look at the presentations that we're putting together. Uh, and then we get to share it with you and you all, which is really nice. Well, that's what we're, you and I are currently doing with a client. We're doing, um, we're doing a project together in, in Florida. And um, it's been hard over the last several months to get everybody coordinated to get them together in one spot, together in one spot. And this way um, we can, one day say let's talk at 10 o'clock tomorrow i'll get on a, uh, a talk and go over everything and we can keep the project moving we can keep the client satisfied and i find that it's a very very creative and productive way to do business and you know two of the things that i think are exceptional about you one is um your ability to draw and sketch and bring something to life right in front of the client and in front of me. So um, sketching is not one of the skills that I ever developed. And, you know, we'll say, what about this idea? What about this arch being a segmented arch or some detail? And you'll take out a sketch pad and draw it. And for the client, that's magic. They see something being created right in front of them. They're part of it. And even though it's on the computer, um, it's happening. And they'll say, what if we make this a little wider? What if we make it a little narrower and you change it? And um, the decision is made right then. They've seen something develop that gets them excited, that they're thrilled about, and it's done. And then we move on to the next thing. So that's a really remarkable skill, I think, that you have. And, and um, the other thing is... Um, the ability to work well with designers and clients and not let your ego get in the way of professionalism. And I think that's um, a pitfall of both of our industries. 
and um, I think we've probably all worked with with people that um, you know think their way is the only way and um, the thing I enjoy about working with you is that um, it's a collaboration it's a collaboration of ideas and energy whether it comes from either one of us the client or somebody else and we're both very open to all ideas and looking for the 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 proper resolution to a situation and keeping the client excited. So I couldn't agree more, Mark. And, and, you know, the equal compliment is in return because there have been, um, you know, I've worked with people before where, you know, they're not very good about sharing openly. Um, you know, they are more concerned about, you know, sort of holding too, too sort of closely and dearly, their ideas uh, in order to put an idea out as a sort of grand gesture rather than being able to share it openly with mm -hmm. one another and let our own sort of, you know, expertise and knowledge help guide the development of that and turning it into something from an mm -hmm. idea to real, right? So yeah. if, if, if there's technical issues that prohibit an idea from moving forward, it would be good to know what those are very, very much in the beginning so that, you know, not too much time is wasted. Um, when, when a client comes to us with an idea and, and we all, you know, sort of brainstorm it. And, and even if there's an idea where a client is not drawn to it and can say, no, that's not my thing. Um, it really helps us because then we can divert our energy and our attention into the most relevant sort of priorities that are needing attention, right? And right, yeah. And by by being able to execute those on an, uh, on a day to day, week in week out basis, we get to start exploring every inch of whatever it is we're designing, so that we can start working out all the bugs, right? You know, there's a million tweaks, there's a million sort of massaging, you know, aspects to each idea. So you know, having an idea and being able to sort of brainstorm it is one thing. Testing it, coming back and saying, here are some ideas, we've elaborated on it. Where is this going? Um, it, we get a chance to really start to fine tooth and really make it right. And in the, yeah. the client that we're working with together in Florida, they're so interactive with us that w w by being able to go through and, and, and actually address some of these details that these questions are bringing up is mm -hmm. really the best way to sort of get to that point where everything is resolved on the get-go yeah. so that the construction process is not so futile, right? And then at the end, right. you know, we're going to get this thing built. The contractor, if, there's just, if that's an ongoing process in the field and it's not done in advance, you know, it's never-ending change orders. The project never seems to end. The, the clients get exhausted and fatigued from the construction. It's just so much better if we can just throw out those collaborations in the beginning, explore them, and then refine them to a point where they're all resolved. Yeah. And I, you guys are so great at doing that. You know, with your office, being able to share with us, you know, the selections, the ideas, the ins inspiration images, and then being able to test it against you know, the real sort of um, backdrop of the residents that we're working on, man, that that's, that's where we really get to sort of move ahead when construction starts. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get started in, in this field of architecture? Did you always want to be an architect? Was it a passion of yours as a child? 
Uh, it it was yes. Um, so my grandfather is a uh, was was a, a draftsman and um, had been studying architecture before World War II, um, and because of the war and having a family, was never able to complete his degree in in architecture specifically. And so when the family immigrated to the U.S., you know, he worked as a draftsperson. But being the the times being what they were, um, you know my family was living right across the street from my grandparents. And so for birthdays and holidays, uh, my grandfather would bring books on architects and architecture uh, to me. And he was really you know, essentially pl planting seeds about being an architect. And so I always, th I always said that when I was a kid that I was gonna grow up to be an architect. But I didn't know that I was going to go into residential architecture at all. Um, you know, that that kind of came as as a um, it, just a, a fluke, really. Uh, when I was in graduate school, um, my last my last semester while I was working on my master's thesis, I had taken a course um, on architects that designed houses. And it was taught by a visiting professor from uh, Italy. And it was the first time that I actually had taken a course where, you know, great architects that, you know, been through history, the, you know, the Bauhaus and the Vienna movement and things, right. you know, was a session as well. You know, we were studying these architects and some of the homes that they were designing, like Adolf Loos and, and Joseph Hoffman and things, you know, some significant noted architects. And it was really remarkable for me. It was pretty mind opening. And I immediately was drawn into the detail uh, and the scale of everything, um, the, the sort of minutia of it. And that's really what planted the seed of being a residential architect. But yeah, I've pretty much been an architect, been wanting to be an architect since I was a kid. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating field. I know as I travel around the world, um, the thing that I find the most fascinating, one of the things I find is I love studying architecture. I love looking at the great buildings historical buildings, modern buildings, all of it from, you know, ancient to modern. It's so exciting. And it, it's, it's so exciting to see how these um, buildings, how they fare over time and how they hold up over history. And some are great and some are not so great. But in any case, it's, it's, very, it's very exciting and it's a very exciting field. Um, I've always had a passion for buildings and architecture. I know when I was a little kid, I, my favorite toy was uh, my building blocks. I knew it was to build <laughs> houses, you know. And I don't think I was very good at it, but, you know, it was a lot of fun. And um, I, I was very interested in architecture, but I got sidelined and ended up in the field of interior design. And it's one of my favorite things about what we do is we get to be involved in all different processes, uh, um, of the of this design process so we're involved in conceptual we're involved somewhat in the landscaping we get to work with the architects and the building and the um, working with the architects and the construction is one of my favorite phases of of um, what i do as a designer because we're able to create the spaces that people are going to live in and make them function properly and it's one thing that you and i are in sync on when we're working on a space, we think about every little detail, the height of the ceilings, how is it going to be lit, where the switches and the vents and all these things go so they're not afterthoughts. 
is there stacking room on either side of a window for draperies? You know, how the baseboards are, the details, all these little things that sometimes clients take for granted. And, and you and I do too, but we, we make sure all these things are included and that they work so that when the product is finished, it's correct and it's uh, aesthetically pleasing. So I, uh, th this is a process I really enjoy. Well, you're, and you know, all those interests that you have, Mark, and, and the cross-pollination, that, those are the things that make a project have continuity. And so it doesn't look like, you know, three individual efforts that were just kind of thrown together. Right. It's really how the inside and the outside kind of work and the way to dissolve those boundaries, bring the inside spaces to the garden, the garden, you know, into the inside spaces. And then the juxtaposition of, of, of how those things sort of work together. So, yeah. you know, when we're designing a residence, you know, the groupings of rooms and how they work together with the outdoor space is, is so vital for the success yeah. of a project. And so then, and, and it isn't, it isn't just, you know, how something, you know, is designed and looks, but it is those, it is those refined details. It, it is the yeah. ability you know, nothing ever, when, when something is right, it just feels right. But yes. when something's not right and not in balance, you notice it right away. Yeah, you, so, you, can, you, can, you can walk into a room that isn't uh, well done or functioning with your eyes closed and you can just feel the energy. It's not right. Yeah. So it's, it's very different doing things for a client and doing things for yourself. I find it much easier um, designing for somebody and, and being objective because I can look at it objectively. Um, it's a little trickier doing it for yourself. So didn't you just completed um, um, a mountain house for yourself, right? In Wisconsin. Well, um, I, uh, it's a, well, it's a, it's a lake lodge, but it's in uh -huh. the North woods of Wisconsin. So um, I, I did, I've been, I, well, I, I initially built it in 2005 um, and, um, have been tweaking it ever since, you know, um, you know, when you, that's when you one of the pitfalls out, of our profession, it's yeah. never perfect. You just got to keep working on it <laughs> and make it better. Well, and, and, you know, financially too, you know, you, you have limits, uh, you know, at that right. time I was just starting my career and, and, you know, it branching my business out. And so a lot of money was going into, you know, the business. And so, you know, being able to try to earmark some money for personal indulgences were, were limited. And so, you know, you're, you're always forced then to prioritize and do the best you can at the time. Um, but then later, as things change, your needs change, you may have a little bit more means you can, you know, some maybe redo it the way you wanted to in the beginning and didn't have the ability to. Um, but yeah, it's a, um, you know, and it and since I always kind of say that, you know, if I'm not in, a, if I'm not doing a project for myself, it means that I'm in between them. Um, and it's, you know, I, uh, I just got finished doing a residence, um, buying an old 1905 carriage house, uh, in Milwaukee where my main office is. And, um, and I wanted to re restore it, redo it. Um, but as I began to really start looking at it and, and I really started looking at the, the scale of it, uh, I knew that I was not going to be able to take on everything at once. And so, you know, then the question is, where do you begin and end? You know, where does it seem like it's natural right. 
Um, uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, do a bang up job on, you know, half of it. And then the other half looks like crap. Uh, you know, you, you really want it to, to uh, at least be have some continuity. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 what determined it for me was getting into the details. Because if I was going to do anything, I wanted it done right. And so when you start getting into the details, that's where, really where the determination is, is how much something is going to cost, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. so getting into those and, and prioritizing those pieces first allowed me to be able to know what I was able to put my resources into and then what would be a stretch. Um, but I made some fun decisions, you know, like I really wanted this amazing quartz counter in, in my kitchen, you know, and, and, and it's this, you know, polar quartz, it's, it's beautiful and, you know, it's got all this movement and I wanted a leather finish on it. And, and it's very and, expensive. And it's very, you know, yeah. the, the people I was working, they're like, you know, you pick the most expensive, you know, like stone, great. Yeah. And they're like, you can't afford it. And I said, okay, I am going to, I am going to afford it. I'll just have to take it out of something else. So yeah. all the other countertops in the house are wood. <laughs> but they're functional and they work great, you know? So I got my stone countertops the way I wanted right. them, but- Well, it's kind of the same on projects when you're working with a client, there's priorities. And I think like what you said the other day when we were talking, you have to prioritize um, this whole design process and how you go about making decisions. And um, some things you're willing to compromise on and others you're not. And so um, that was obviously an important thing to you. And I'm doing the same thing right now on this house that I'm in because I bought it about eight months ago and we're working on plans to redo it. And of course, you know, the bids are coming in and they're three or four times what I thought they'd be. So, um, but I've got to make a decision about what I'm going to do and uh, how far I'm going to take this. And so um, it, all, it always boils down, unfortunately, it always boils down to dollars and cents. But ultimately, if I don't get what I want, I'm never going to be happy. So and um that's anyway, true i mean that's and the, the deferred maintenance is always first right you know that's you know being able to make sure that the mechanical systems are working and the roof is not leaking and all of those things and then you know you 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 kind of think okay uh then then how much of the architecture do i want to change because no matter how beautiful stuff i put in it you know you know, I know one of the things that we have been talking about is raising ceilings, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that's such an, that makes such a difference to space. Yeah. And, um, and I, I've made that suggestion before to clients and when they don't do it, they always come back and say, that's the one thing I wish I would have done. And yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that we're getting a chance to look at the bones, uh, in the project, uh, with you to, you know, make sure that whatever you do after the bones are right first. Yeah. You know, well, and it's, we'll, uh, we'll get there and I'm, um, it's, it's a fun process and it's a very rewarding process. And then as you start construction, you start to see it come together. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I yeah. Mean, you so have the is, most beautiful setting too. Is your um is your lodge home is that your dream house or if you were going to build something for yourself from the ground up what what kind of house would you build? Oh, wow, that's a difficult set. You know what? It's hard, you know, doing like I said doing something for yourself is tough making a decision because you you've got 
so much to draw from. You know, as looking through your book, um, it's Heirloom Homes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful book. And you have, a, obviously, a wide variety of, of styles and architecture that you worked with. So, but if you were going to create something brand new for yourself and wherever you wanted to do this, what would you do? So I, I think I would probably, um, it would be kind of a cross between like a utility barn, uh, like literally, um, that uh, was in uh, probably a little bit more sort of influenced by sort of a classic industrial sort of backdrop, a very utilitarian kind of aesthetic, very bold, um, probably pretty hyper-masculine, you know, a lot of steel, uh, a lot of reclaimed wood, um, mm -hmm. raw materials, um, concrete walls, things like that. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it would be a modern aesthetic because I'm going for much more of a sort of bold, sort of historical utility aesthetic. Um, but I probably would, would, would venture into that realm, you know, larger scale, um, lots of space, very airy, um, and very... Um, uh, something that could be recomposed very easily, uh -huh. almost like a stage set. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think it would be really fun to, uh, you know, take the whole thing apart and be able to retool it for a party or, you know, a special event or, um, uh, you know, just let it let it be something that, you know, becomes um, not so fussy, but but, you know, very, you know, a little bit more um, uh, I, I, utility is the perfect word for it, I think. Uh -huh. But I love a lot of romantic sort of, you know, styles of architecture. I, I'm living in this, you know, here in California, I have this great little beach cottage. And, uh, you know, there's a million things wrong with it. And it's really quirky. But it's incredibly charming. Yeah, it's um, very charming. And, and you're overlooking the Pacific Ocean. The views and the views at sunset there are just incredible. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, so it's, how it's how really is, living in, is living in California now for some time? Is that um, changed your view on how you approach design at all? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the one thing about this cottage is it's small, and um, but it's it's just big enough. What makes it really livable and allows me to thrive is having the ability to just live outside. Yeah, you know, it that's has probably the thing I enjoy the most about um, living in California and here in, in Montecito, Santa Barbara. It's just everything is geared toward the outdoors. And, and I'm very fortunate because I've got this piece of property and it's just surrounded by nature. I don't see other homes. I see all day long. I look out the windows here and I see lizards running around doing push-ups and and birds and, and squirrels jumping out of the trees. I mean, it's just, it's paradise. And, and so I want, to me, that's more important than what's inside the house. I wanna certainly make sure it looks fabulous and that it's comfortable, but um, the outdoor living space is probably a priority for me. Oh, and, and the way you're situated, the house, your house, the way it's situated, you have the topography and how it drops to the pool and that little, sort of, you know, that stream that runs through the side yard uh, and the view because of the land dropping down, you got the beautiful exposure of the mountains behind you. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And the color at, in the evening 
when the sun is setting uh, off of the stone that you have in the mountains is like this pinkish cast. It's just, it is so remarkable. I really- Yeah, I've uh, got a view of the mountains and you've got a view of the ocean, so. Um, <laughs> I've got the blues, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I really love about, um, about having the, is, is also the change of the weather. You know, the last weekend when it was raining, uh, Rudy and I took a walk and, and we were, you know, walking through the neighborhood and, you know, you, you're these places where you get to and there's these big open vistas towards the mountains and the ocean and the clouds were hanging in the hills and the green and everything was so thick and this, the aroma of the foliage is just remarkable mixed with the sort of the, the citrus blossoms mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, this is such an enhanced to be. And um, just walking outside and having that ability to just have the doors wide open, that's what really makes me feel like I can thrive here. Uh, and, um, and I enjoy that. I, as much as I love the four seasons from the Midwest, I have to say the ability of having outdoor access year round is pretty- um, it's Yeah, pretty it's amazing, real. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really remarkable. So I noticed the painting behind you. When it comes to decorative items, leaving architecture for a second, when it comes to decorative items, what type of things do you like to collect personally? Um, well, the things that have a story, uh, I think. Um, uh, I, love, um, I love things that, that have use. Uh, I'm not really one to just uh, buy a lot of things that don't have use. So um, if, if, I, if I, you know, I love, I love kitchen stuff, any kind of vessel. Kitchen stuff? Kind of, yeah. Oh, that's like, right. I, you're, I, you're a good cook. Yeah, but like this big wooden bowl back here, you know, like I, I love stuff like that. It, it's interesting, it's, it's, it's beautiful, the materials are raw, but you know, there's a simplicity about it. Um, uh, but they, they have function, you know, I use them for kind of everything. Every, everything's got a, a vessel. Um, the painting of the lily pads behind me uh, was, was a painting my father did, uh, oil painting. And um, I have a lot of his work around uh, and that's then beautiful. Here, these these um, these faces here that you can see. Um, these are images of uh, of homeless uh, citizens. And um, a friend of mine went around and uh, you know asked them if they would wouldn't mind being um, photographed and and painted. And uh, and then those are actually those are actually color pencil drawings. Um, but he said, "Do you ever notice how nobody ever wants to look at homeless people in the eye because they're afraid that a conversation or you know uh, uh, you know being being sort of stopped in the street is going to happen?" And he so he he made it his ambition to do that. So all of a sudden you know, now I have that piece. And then this piece over here is a is a beautiful photograph that uh, was done by a young artist that, you know, came to one of my, um, came to my book signing in, um, in Los Angeles uh, a year and a half ago. And, um, and then you know, he, he, he shared that he was an artist and showed me his art. And so um, I ended up picking up a piece from him. Uh, so sort of like to collect things that have a little bit more of a story to them that are a little more personal rather than, you know, just buying, just buying stuff random, you know. <laughs> 
it's, yeah. it's fascinating. I think, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see what people choose to collect. You know, it's like, you can look at them and see how they dress and you go, well, why the hell did they buy that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's fun to see what people are drawn to. And it's, I think that's what makes um, both of our, our professions so exciting is that there's always something new and there's always something fresh and there's always a new approach to something. So, and it's fun working with people and doing something original and not just being repetitive, uh, you know, with the same thing over and over. So, and well, I and think I, that's what's so great about being in residential design, Mark, you know, is that you, you, you know, the, the, if you looked at, you know, a table, right. And, and you're like, okay, you know what, you know, three legged table is probably the one that, you know, you kind of relate to, but you know, the client is that other leg of the table and you know, their personalities, their desires, their wishes, how they want to live, the challenges in their life, mm -hmm. the people that are important to them and who they love and their families and things. Those are the ingredients that I think make it fresh every time. You know, yeah. it's always interesting to me. And I love that dynamic because that's, that's really what at the end we're, we're, we're trying to do, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to design museums. I want to design places where people live. Yeah. It's, that's one of the most thrilling things is to see the project to completion and have the client come in the first time and experience that. It's, it's what makes our work so rewarding and so thrilling. Well, Mark, I tell you, and the, the way you compose your interiors, I mean, you know, literally, you know, the word curator always comes up when, they, when people who know your work talk about you because you have this amazing ability to, you know, collect and juxtapose things that contrast and complement one another. And that takes a, it, it, that's like, that's one of those things that's like a gift in somebody. That's really hard to teach. Um, and uh, and it, it's just, it's very inspiring to see that, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to look at all the technical things that we do, even, even though we're, we think we're composing, you know, beautiful, you know, sort of interior architecture. It's what's get all the things that gets layered on it is what's really exciting. And then that's what brings both of our work, you know, sort of alive, I think, is yeah. having the right walls and the right lighting and the right, that's really important and it makes everything work right. But then when the objects are beautifully composed and the scale is just right and the color is fresh and exciting, those are the things that really are enduring to me. I find it very inspiring. Yeah, well, thank you. That's, um, that's great. So, um, this is, we're, we're, I think, getting toward the end of this. They're trying to tell us to keep these relatively short and brief and as interesting as possible. What else, what else, is there anything else you'd like to say or comment on? Uh, you know, honestly, I think, you know. What are you cooking for tonight? Is... What's, this is the big event, staying at home and being trapped in. It's like, okay, what are you going to have? You're a, you're a really great cook. So what are you making <laughs> for dinner tonight? So um, I need I, to know this in case I need to drive by with my Tupperware in a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> um, yeah, there's we're always we're always we always have more than we, our share. Um, so I bought some really great ribeye steaks um, at uh, at Whole Foods. Yes, last night. 
And, uh, and so I think what we're going to do is, you know, we're going to have sort of a, a classic steak dinner tonight. Potatoes, vegetables, I've got some really great green beans, some peas. Um, I, uh, I love to sort of roast it all on the grill. And, um, and then I, you know, I love, I love to take these bigger red potatoes and then I sort of coat them in oil and, and sea salt. And I, I just grill them right on the grill and, and they char up and they're just so good. Uh, oh my God, it sounds delicious. Good, yeah. And a good bottle of wine. Yeah. From my friends at Demetria, the, uh, the winery that we've been talking to. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Up the central coast. And he, yeah, it, he, uh, uh, John has some pretty phenomenal wine. So uh, I did a little purchasing when we first started talking to him around the beginning of the year. And so I'm going to tap in one of those bottles of red. Well, that's a nice way to kick off the weekend. So please so. join us. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, this was kind of fun. Thank you, Wade. Um, oh, thank you, Mark. Um, this is kind of a first for both of us. We're both kind of new to this uh, um, video chatting. So what did you yeah, think of it? This is my first. I, you know, this is great. Yeah. It's really fun. When it's really interesting is I, I love, I, I really love the, you know, the notes that are sort of coming up. Yeah, I know. know across the bottom of the screen, there are things, and I'm trying to pay attention to what you're saying and reading at the same time. It's not exactly easy. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you. Know you. What? Have a great weekend. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll do another one of these. Maybe in the next week or so, we'll do this again. Uh, thanks, Mark. I love it. This is great. All right. Thank you, Wade. All right. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Designers at Home. Follow us on Instagram at Mark Weaver and Associates to listen to live or subscribe to this podcast. If you found this podcast valuable and insightful, share it with your friends, comment, and subscribe. We are also on YouTube at Mark Weaver & Associates. Thank you.